Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with him, Ian Morris. And him, Nate Langson. That's the one. Yeah, start it in anger. Yes. Uh, well, I'm not very angry. I am cold, I'll be honest. It's, it's freezing cold. in this room. It's What's never normally temp? cold. Why, why is this Mac of mine not always telling me the temperature like Windows is? I don't know, mate. I don't know. Um, I have had a very exciting week planning the uh, time that I'm going to have off over the next three weeks. And a huge amount of it's going to involve being with a cat in, uh, in Edinburgh. Delightful. He is. And, and a good cat too, a very good ginger cat. He is. He's orange, he's very full of love, and he plays hide and seek very well with my brother. So that's, Does uh, he suffer from that ginger cat problem of being insanely stupid? No, he's extremely clever. No, that's good. Yeah, he's well, I mean, clever. I have met Toulouse and do think he's an amazing cat, so I do completely agree. And I don't buy this ginger cat's a thick thing, really, but uh, there are some funny things backing that up. I have seen people who are stupider than the average orange cat. Oh, sure. So, you know. Yeah. But, Just um, head on to that's Twitter. enough about politics. Hey, oh, uh, let's, talk, let's talk about something else. Here it comes. Here it comes now. The BBC wrote... <laughs> <laughs> the BBC wrote this week that Apple is rolling out its self-repair service to the UK uh, and several several other countries in Europe. This means if you are one person who has an iPhone 12 or a 13 and has broken it, or if you've got a MacBook and have broken it, you might be able to fix it yourself simply by buying or borrowing parts and tools and reading 85-page manuals <laughs> um, that Apple will now provide you. This comes after a launch in the US more than a year ago. I think we talked about this in uh, November last year, 2021. Um, And it follows pressure from campaigners who basically, they're part of a a right to repair movement that I wildly think is a good idea. Um, And they've been frustrated a lot by Apple basically trying to control the repair process. You know, you have to use very special tools or it will void your warranty or you can't do X, Y, Z with your products or we won't repair them without huge cost. Anyway, uh, those people have also said that it hurt independent shops who could otherwise be perfectly capable of repairing your phone, but Apple controls that process. So Apple said it's going to bring this to the UK. Seven other countries as well. Uh, Repair options will include fairly simple things, or at least what should be simple things, like replacing a battery. Um, But of course, the nature of I mean, not even just iPhones, frankly, but but all modern smartphones are made very complicated by the fact that they're, they're extremely small. They use an awful lot of glue. They require a lot of heat to um, to take apart sometimes. And if you break even the tiniest little thing, it can have pretty bad con- consequences. However, this is a little different than trying it just using tools you source from your local I was going to say Tandy. What, where would you buy a tool from? Um, I mean, I suppose it depends on, on the tool. I'd probably go down, down Tottenham Court Road. Um, I guess there are still shops have, there. 
they say some stuff anyway according to the independent apple says the parts that it will send out are the same ones and at the same price as the ones that it sells to apple's authorized repair providers of which there are quite a lot um customers can also send back the parts that they have replaced to apple they can be then refurbished or recycled and credits will be applied to your account for the parts um that are swapped out which is which is quite quite good and apple is pretty good at repairing and uh, recycling and reusing old Mm. old things so that that's uh, that's pretty good there is a fun line though in apple's press release um which is this for the vast majority of customers who do not have experience repairing electronics or electronic devices visiting a professional repair provider with certified technicians who use genuine apple parts is the safest and most reliable way to get a repair the reason i find that so funny is because it's very very heavy-handed it basically says do not do this it's dangerous (laughs) you're going to break things it's easier to get someone who knows what they're doing to do it and um, hard to disagree with any of that though no i don't disagree with any of it it's it's very true and but it gets even more amusing when you look at the guides needed to do this so i looked up um a manual that apple gives out for the iphone 13 which is available on apple's website but you have to follow a few steps to get it i'm going to paste a link to it in the discord so you can load it up and we'll include a link in the mp3 file here and at uh, uktechshow.com slash episodes find it in the show notes um this one is it's like an 80 or 85 page document um you'll need to repair an iPhone 13 screen, you need 16 different tools. There are a, um, a total of over 60 steps required to take the screen off and rip and repair it. And if you if you scan through this repaired manual, it is extremely thorough. I can't knock that, um, but it is replete with warnings, massive exclamation marks, disclaimers caution red text um everything you need to put off the small number of people who might think they could do this from doing it it is not written like a consumer manual it is written like a professional document which is what it basically is so my question to you ian is although this has now been made a thing that people in the uk can do albeit also for a very limited number of products is it something you would do and is it something you think even a tech-minded diy type person will or should do um i yes i think i could be persuaded to do it under certain circumstances um however i don't believe it's cheap enough to really be worth it uh from what i gather the price is within a few percentage points of just taking it to a shop and getting them to do it for you um which to me means it's probably not worth the risk if it was hundreds cheaper i might consider it um and but it's not (laughs) um and i've seen people do it on youtube uh it the process seems absolutely although full of warnings actually seems very straightforward you follow the instructions the screen pops off you replace the battery you replace the screen if necessary you know blah 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 Mm. it all looks actually really quite easy um it's fiddly 
it requires patience but it don't it, it doesn't nothing looks like it's going to be a, a real howler of a situation to me um and i have an I, I, it's not supported by this but i have an old ipad pro one of the little ones that's got a very cracked screen meaning meaning it's no longer usable the ipad itself has still got life left in it um, and if it was a possibility that I could replace that screen, I would seriously consider it. But looking around online, unless you're prepared to go with a dodgy aftermarket screen that isn't an Apple original, and these are true display, you know, things, aren't they? So they they need you need the original display really to get the best out of it. Um, it's it's just as expensive as it, to buy a new one, and I can't I can't abide that really. Well, I just that's find the problem, that isn't ridiculous. it? Is that this this is where the environmental argument comes in yes, and should very remain. Much so which is that anything that allows you to um, repair something that is potentially otherwise fine rather than chuck it away yes, and replace it is, exactly. is a good, is a good even, thing. And this even if it could be recycled. No, even if it could be recycled, it's still better to reuse something than it is to recycle it. Um, and, I would, and I would like to, you know, it's a perfectly serviceable iPad in perfect condition apart from the screen. Um, so it would make sense for me to be able to do it. Unfortunately, I don't believe it's possible. So I would certainly consider that. And in fact, I have considered doing it by getting an iPad Pro off eBay, which perhaps has something other than a broken screen. So maybe doesn't boot or something like that. Um, and taking the screen out of it and replacing the one in mine because that is probably a more cost-effective way of doing it. You probably get a broken iPad for a hundred quid or something. Yeah. Um, but you're still <clears throat> you're still gonna have to you know mess around with heating up glue and stuff like that and you know all those risks and removing a broken screen is a painful experience sometimes literally. Yeah. And uh, um, so- Apple in the in this technical document um, has at least on one occasion warned of the danger of death doing <laughs> this there's a great line that says um improper battery replacement improper handling of parts failure to discharge the battery before repair or failure to follow the provided instructions could cause battery overheating swelling venting leaking or a th- battery thermal event which could result in fire injury death data loss or damage to d- the device parts or other property i mean if that doesn't scare the crap out of you um then who knows uh, speaking of crap uh, this conversation has been uh, something of a finger tickling the, the the prostate of our Discord because actually, sorry, that's a horrible <laughs> mental image. Um, it's not a great one, but I mean, uh, you know, it's some a reminder stuff. for men to get yourself checked. Uh, you know, indeed. Um, some good <laughs> comments coming out about uh, about this. Mark in the live chat says, uh, "I think the last device I fixed myself." was a Creative Zen MP3 player. I used to review those in 2007, uh, but wasn't quite steady enough with the soldering iron and killed the backlight in the process. That is a shame. Um, I gave a friend of mine, Tom, an old uh, Creative Zen, which I believe he still uses. Um, Rich says he'd probably give this a go if he had access to the correct tools. Well, you do. And if you don't have a broken phone, go and smash one and let us know how you get on. That would be good to have some hands-on experience. Don't die, though. Don't explode the battery. Um, John says there are some cool options for changing old iPod spinning drives with SSDs, which is a very interesting idea. Would you do that, Nate? You must have old iPods. I do. I have an old iPod Classic, but I feel like taking it apart now it's past its life would be a little bit like desecrating the corpse of a loved one. I'd rather leave it to rest in peace. Um, Um, I don't agree. If you could bring it back to life and give it a new, uh, you know, new operating use... That'd be yeah. brilliant. 
Nick says uh, maybe it'll encourage some people who don't know what they're doing to offer it as a service, which <laughs> could be potentially quite damaging. It's a good comment. Oh, that's a very good comment. I like yeah. that. That's tickled me. Um, yeah. I tried to take apart a, a Huawei phone once to repair it. So here's what happened. Go on. I put a SIM card in, a perfectly normal size SIM card, uh, and it just disappeared inside the phone that oh. sort of hopped outside the slot. Uh, and, and vanished inside. Apparently, it was a, a known problem at the time. So I took it apart thinking I'd just be able to retrieve it and put the phone back together again. And those things are like a clock, mate, you know, a, a watch. Uh, once you take them apart, there's a very often no getting them back together again. Um, yes, I can imagine. And um, But John has shared a link to um, a story on Instructables that shows you how you can turn a uh, an old iPod into uh, an SSD iPod. So we'll include a link to that in the show notes. Um, thank you for for looking that up, John. Yeah, I have to say, I am not going to be repairing my phone myself with, with this. I would take it to a, a repair shop, but an authorized yeah. one, um, and, and, do it, and do it that way. I have smashed the screen on one of my iPads, but it still works fine. So I simply put a screen protector over it, which feels like uh, shutting the stable door after the horse's... <laughs> bolted a little bit but it stops it from at least shattering on my desk and otherwise acts as a perfectly good secondary display to my left so fair enough pretty good um one other little apple thing that i did want to mention um we're not really an an apple heavy podcast normally anymore but uh, i did think it was worth noting that apple has brought in much more flexible pricing to apps on the app store which is something Ah. that android already has um but uh but but this is quite different for apple so essentially you can now start selling an app in or in an app purchase for that matter in the uk uh for as little as 29 uh pence Ooh. uh or for as or, or as much as twelve thousand pounds twelve thousand pounds i'm gonna pop on a twelve thousand pound app yeah um i haven't found any at either cost i couldn't find almost any that had used the new rounding facility that is available too, which means you can offer um, apps at one pound, for instance. You know, a round number rather than a decimal, ah. uh, which is uh, which feels quite quite good. Uh, the closest I could find were some Safari browser extensions for sale for forty nine pence, but it seems we're a bit early to see people wanting to experiment with flexible pricing. But uh, I thought a- Safari extensions are forty nine p ad blockers mostly. What what about free ones? Well, they're still free. So what's what? Who's going to pay forty nine p for something they can get for free? Well, the point is, is that that app might have been eighty nine or ninety nine pence before. Now it can Fair be offered even cheaper, which might undercut another one, but still make you a bit of money. Yes, is my is my, is my guess. Um, so I thought I'd I'd, I'd point that out. I went through the top two hundred paid apps and the top two hundred paid games in the UK app store and none of them were taking advantage of this new pricing at the time of recording so i think it's a bit early to tell but if you are selling your apps and feel like charging 12 grand for it or 29p for it probably not the same app then uh well you can so that's good news isn't it um Yeah. yeah okay cool well let us know if you have any thoughts on repairing your iphones particularly if you've got experience doing this or maybe you'd like to have a go and let us know how you get on that would be uh, an interesting and dare i say entertaining process to hear about so you can send us your emails to hello at uktechshow.com 
you know what though I, d- I never know whether those jingles are going to cut off prematurely or whether they're going to be longer anymore you've really done a number on me uh, mentally speaking there i apologize anyway, uh, it's, it's quite okay it's uh, it's all part of the fun it keeps me on my toes um Nate, uh, plans are afoot to shut off terrestrial broadcast signals for both analogue radio and digital TV in the UK in just eight years' time. Uh, I know, correct response. The BBC's Director General, Tim Davey, uh, has spoken about the evolution of TV and radio uh, and is convinced that moving to an internet delivery system uh, represents the future of the BBC. And that might be true, but there's something to be said about the time scale for that being practical. Mm. Uh, the BBC is obviously under a lot of pressure at the moment to uh, move to an alternate funding model uh, that puts an end to the licence fee. Uh, and it sounds like this could be part of that, because uh, with free-to-air terrestrial, it would be very difficult to move to a subscription-based model, uh, if that's the intention behind this. Whereas if you went to, um, you know... Uh, not an over-the-internet kind of thing. You could charge a subscription fee rather than the license fee. Um, but switching off over-the-air broadcast is a big challenge. Uh, they've been trying to get rid of FM radio for ages, but that hasn't happened yet. Um, and it's been suggested that this will all take place in the year 2030, uh, along with uh, the aforementioned digital terrestrial TV. Uh, that's a, which is a big change, right? Uh, and, and, and doesn't for FM at least doesn't come with a massive reward. You're not saving uh, a huge amount of spectrum. Uh, on the other hand, shutting TV would save a lot, which I guess mm. could be reused for mobiles and the like. Um, so obviously, it, it's going to be a big issue. How, how do we make sure that everyone in the country has good enough internet to get their TV? over the internet and i think we're some years away from that uh, i don't know if you had any thoughts at this point nate or I questions do. i do my well, my first thought is that this feels just far too soon not even just for the internet reason that you mentioned yes but just simply getting the message out that it's coming and you know preventing yeah. people launching products that are gonna immediately or not immediately but imminently become defunct and useless takes quite a long time i mean this is Agreed. essentially turning off, if you consider analog and digital over the air to be the same thing, turning off like a hundred years of uh, of convention in just seven years' time, which is not very long at all. So I personally would be surprised if this happens before 2035, let alone 2030. Um, I agree. And... Um, but uh, so that's my that's my initial initial. I don't thought. even I don't even think FM would happen then. I just don't feel like there's a good reason to get rid of FM. Um, I mean, you you could you could refarm that spectrum for either digital radio offering more choice. But my understanding is that they've struggled to get rid of digital radio capacity anyway, and that a lot of um, companies just haven't been able to make make it work financially, especially local base stations. Um, so it's a it's a it's a difficult one, and I, and I don't see. I mean, I'm still using an FM radio in the car. Both of the cars I've recently owned have only had FM radios with no option for digital. So I, I'm, I, you know, I'm going out to of carry interest on using though, that. mate. Out, out of yes. interest, is that because you're a cheapskate? Uh, it's in part, but also it's. I think it's fair to say that DAB radios were not necessarily common until I don't know, maybe. 
10, 15 years ago. That might be a bit... It depends. I think it depends very much on the car. There's a yeah. lot of cars that are 10 years old that probably have Bluetooth and maybe older. Uh, but that would certainly have been an option. And, and I tend to spend not huge sums of money on my cars and, you know, get something older. Uh, and obviously that comes with FM. Yeah. Rather than, uh, you know. So it is partly being cheap, but it's also FM is quite good for cars dab wasn't so good uh, especially in the early days it was uh, it was it was problematic i mean it's much better now and i'd rather have dab i think dab's great much more radio station choice uh, better quality uh, and fm is a bit ropey these days you can sort of tell it's being crowded out of the spectrum to some extent mm. uh, so yes it's it's one of those things I, d- I just don't i don't necessarily think 2030 is doable for radio and i but don't it is, see it is going to happen though isn't it i mean oh i guess the thing, so. the thing about internet you know you said davy said that moving to an like an ip system in, uh, internet delivery system is the future and i can believe that but that doesn't mean that you're not still using cable and it doesn't mean that you're not still using over the air because both you know internet can be delivered via transmitters and via satellite and via cables and will continue to for quite a long time so there may be something to be said for that i think sometimes you think about when you hear about being delivered over internet you think about the cable you know your virgin cable or mm-hmm or something that's coming through the dish, but actually there are loads of ways to get internet into the house, and they can probably do this. Um, it's just the time scale is what's sticking. Really, yes, and I'm and I'm guessing that there are people in parts of the country still on sort of five megabits per second, maybe, maybe a bit more, maybe if eight. they're lucky, and the, and the, yes, and they're probably screaming at the radio or the podcast box right now going, yes, but we still don't have functional internet, really. I stayed in holiday homes with internet in the sort of two, three megabits per second. Um, So I know that those places are still out there and and very unlikely to be serviced by faster anytime soon. And if you're looking at doing good quality TV, you know, you need sort of five megabits per second, a constant rate just to do the TV. So it's a big ask, frankly. Radio's a lot easier. You could get radio over virtually any internet connection uh and and probably have been able to since dial-up days almost there are still um, parts of the country according to you switch where the average broadband speed is less than one megabit per second yeah i, I and, th- and this is the problem and you've got to solve that and 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 you but not only have you got to solve it you've also got to solve it in a way that people can afford like it's okay for you and me like spending our 50 quid a month on our broadband mm. but there's a lot of people for whom that is just not a possibility financially speaking um and and they're you know and as such because we value you know speed as a relation in relationship to what we charge uh they're stuck on those rubbish broadband so it's exclusionary and the bbc should not absolutely should not be about that it's um it's it's really problematic and and you know the part of the universal service obligation has to be to get tv and radio out to literally everyone in the country and at the moment does that very well so i I don't think 2030 is achievable at all and i'll be absolutely surprised i think it's got something to do with the fact that they said 2027 was going to be the end of the license fee um we could well have a different government by then um or this government or another government you know same party um might change its approach to how it happens or might look at the actual you know the the reasonable nature of it and think no this isn't achievable 
Um, so who knows? But I also wanted to just add a bolt onto this uh, that was uh, notified to me by um, our patron, Charlotte, who's not actually listening live today. Give it up uh, for she's Charlotte. Got, she's got better things to do. So this will be a nice treat for her when she uh, listens to the podcast. Mm. But um, she pointed me to a tweet that noted the BBC has been given permission by Ofcom to extend the iPlayer content window. So at the moment, it might be things are on there for seven 30 or a year days so so seven days 30 days or a year (laughs) i couldn't have described that worse if i tried don't worry Um, it's okay i know you're cold (laughs) but they have been given the permission uh to uh extend that now so it might be that everything would get a year it obviously still needs to be a part of a contract negotiation they can't just do it but they could they are now allowed to ask the question which previously ofcom prohibited them from doing so it could be that everything will get a year on iplayer from some time when they can renegotiate those contracts Mm. uh so yeah uh that's that little story for you that's good. And I found a list of fastest and slowest uh, slowest UK oh, count- counties for internet um, at the moment. And uh, would you like to have a guess at the slowest? You know, I can bring my... Shall I bring the, the little quiz music in? It's an unofficial quiz, but we could probably no. bring bring the little quiz music in here, shall we? Here we go. Um, do you want to have a guess at the slowest? Um, and we're talking counties here, are we? Yes. Um... I mean, slowest I in the UK, and that's the whole of the UK, so that includes Scotland and Northern Ireland, okay, um, and, and Wales. Just going to have a quick squiz at a map, and I'm going to go and say that I reckon the slowest is going to be Durham. Durham. Well, yeah. I'll tell you something. Although you're wrong, you're yes. close. Oh, is it Cumbria? Uh, that's even closer, mate. Ooh. Even closer. Um, Northumberland? No, you're way out now. Oh. That's uh, Lancashire. No, no. no. I'll, t- I'll, I'll put you out of your misery. It's Stirling. Oh. Up in so Scotland. So north of the border. Indeed. Yeah, that's the problem, you see, because my, my map stopped at Scotland and I can't name all the uh, Scottish counties. So, um, hey-ho. But uh, Cumbria, you said, I think. and um, I did. That- the average speed there is 33 megabits per second. That's not bad. Stirling's is 26. On a, This is on average. And the Scottish Highlands, actually, yeah. which you'd expect to be the slowest, is only the second slowest at 27 on average. So that's quite cool. I, I mean, I've said this before, and I'll, I'll probably say it again. It's often cities that have the biggest problems. Well, um, well you, know, you say yes. that. Let's, yes. let's come to that. I, I should point out, actually, that Nick, before we mentioned this in our live chat, did correctly guess that... Um, Scotland would have the slowest. You, you okay. didn't include an entire country there, but um, but we'll still give you a, a bonus point. Do you want to have a guess at the the, the fastest? Uh, you mentioned cities. Do you want to have a guess at the fastest county for broadband in Britain? I'm going to guess. Is, this is according to uh, fiberheroes.co.uk. Manchester. We'll include, include a link. No, mate. Manchester's in the north. You should know that. Obviously this will be in the south all right go on then because of the wild unfair nature of investment into all things um surrey i'll get a room what yep surrey your favorite county well i live in it so and it's not my favorite i don't like it that much at all but here i am um 
Yeah. What? 50, 59 megabits per second on average. Um, and the second uh. fastest staying... Do you want to have a guess at the second fastest? Uh, yeah, Berkshire. Nope. No close. No. Oh. Think about this podcast. Think about me. Think about where I live. Oh, is it uh, Essex? That's an insult. I'm in Hertfordshire, mostly. You're on the border. Yes. You're on the border. (laughs) Hertfordshire. I just just want everyone to know that I'm not making a wild claim by saying he's in Essex, because it's the the line is very bendy it, at that it, border. It does technically go through our garden, yes. <laughs> uh, I go between Hertfordshire and Essex on my walk home from the station. Um, let's see. I think you were pretty good on that. You win. There oh, you go. well, that's a first, I feel. Yeah, you can, you can have a you win. I thought that oh, was quite fun. Much. Yeah, it was off the, car, off the cuff. So yeah. Yes. Um, my average is pretty high because we have fibre to the premises, so it's a gigabit up and a gigabit down um but the average is still 59 yes, I, hate you. I know sorry i mean it. i don't love you really no i love you i love you too but my internet is better than yours um here i am languishing on 350 again mm. though these are not you know speeds that most people enjoy most of the country does not first of all prioritize this as a as a you know home expense mm. probably happy with 25 meg because it's a bit more affordable yeah, uh, and secondly, there's a lot of people that just simply can't afford those kind of speeds. So, anyway, lots to be done before this could be a reality. I would say, indeed. Um, cool. Well, let us know if you want, if you're one of these people, because uh, we are that uh, would like to tell us how fast your internet is. Uh, you can let us know. Hello at uktechshow.com. You think that we just say that because we don't, but we don't really care. Genuinely, I would love to read out the speeds of our listeners' internet and where they're based. Yeah, me too. And how, and yeah. how you acquire it. We are those sorts of people. We Ian, are those sorts of people. Ian's wedding can, present to me was a <laughs> shoehorn. Can, can I get a shoehorn out of broadband router in chat, please? Absolutely, you can get those things. Um, and while they're being pasted, let's um, let's listen to some. Uh, let's listen to interstitial two dot wav. Thank you, patrons, for supporting us. You are the life and soul of the podcasting audience that we consider to be ours. Um, and thank you to everyone who's uh, who's been backing us through these tough economic times. Uh, sentence I remember saying a lot back in 2008, uh, but we are saying again. If you would like to get the full version of the show ad-free, you can join like so many people are doing right now in listening and chatting with us live as we record. Get extra message, so on and so forth. Go to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. And if you are one of those people listening live or subscribing to us, you're going to get our next story where we're going to go through all the weird and wonderful phones that apparently, according to Pocket Lint, we won't admit owning. We had a piece of feedback. It came in from uh, regular listener Raphael, uh, who mentions a few things, but he did point out... Um, that there's an amazing movie about space I love to rewatch from time to time called Contact. Contact, and there is a saying in there that applies to our discussion, uh, which is, uh, if there's no other life in the universe, it would be a big waste of space. Now, I feel uh, I should point out that this is my favourite film of all time, and one of my favourite books of all time. And if Raphael, you haven't heard it, there is an episode, a special episode we did 
um, quite... We can't tell you the number because there's something really wacky about the episode numbers in that period. Yeah, we did an episode with Tom and Veronica, uh, Tom yeah. Merritt and Veronica Belmont, Ian and I, where we broke your down... your friend from the... What's the oh, space podcast? Pamela. Pamela is... Pamela, Pamela, yeah. Pamela Gay from Astronomy Cast was also yeah. on. And we broke down uh, Contact as a movie and a book and explored, you know, what was true, what was not, um, you know, some of the, uh, fa- the, the the facts behind the fiction. Well worth re-listening to. It's an excellent, it's probably one of my favorite episodes we've ever done of this show. So do you have a look at that in the, uh, in the, in the, in the podcast archives? We'll include a link as well. It's worth uh, a listen to. Um we should do more stuff like that. I I really enjoyed doing. I'd things. be very happy to. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that we could do, um, TV stuff um, that might be quite good fun. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, it'd be good to do Interstellar. Yeah, we could do Interstellar. Maybe we could resurrect um, that. Well, we'll, we'll, to we'll think about what else. What else would be really worth talking about? We'll we'll come back to that, um, and we'll see if we can get Tom on to talk about Interstellar as well. Uh, speaking of Arrival. I just watched that the other day. Another of my favourite films. Uh, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure I liked Arrival. I probably need to watch it again. You're wrong. Can I stream it somewhere? I don't know. I bought it on Apple. Uh, okay. There's, a, there's a, there's a. It's my favourite, probably my favourite meme of all time. She's got the whiteboard, hasn't she? And people write different things on the board. Yes. And yes. The, the best one is it gets used around Christmas, and it's just simply when's bins. <laughs> <laughs> because no one knows when the bins are. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I don't know when the bins are. Ever. ever. Yeah. In our house. Um, but I'll tell you who knows where all his bins are. It's Tom Merritt. Here's what he's been talking about on the show this week. This week on Daily Tech News Show, data scientist Andrea Jones-Roy and developer Nika Monford talked with us about how to deal with the problems of algorithms and still use them well. John C. Dvorak explained why he's feeling some positivity about autonomous trucking. Rich DeMuro has great last-minute tech gift ideas. We discussed what tech has done to the format of music hits. And did you know that the fastest-growing brand in the world is Meta? But for Gen Z, it's Roku. We explain why we think that is, all that, and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. There he is, the the legend. Got to listen to anything where John C. Dvorak is feeling positive about something. Well, I remember... That doesn't happen every day, does it? No, well, I remember listening to that uh, episode and thinking that he was actually mostly you, but a a couple of decades older. (laughs) Which is great. Which is great. Uh, Yeah, fond memories of, uh, of, of John C. Dvorak talking... Uh, about yeah. things still loved cranky <laughs> geeks back in the day yeah 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 one of my favorite uh shows from back in 2005 or six whenever it was um thank you tom and thank you uh retrospectively john c dvorak uh thank you ian i think it's uh, been, my pleasure it's been a great pleasure hasn't it yeah and yes, uh, it's very nice and thank you to everyone who is listening to us for free and leaving us reviews on the Apple Podcast Store or wherever you're getting your podcasts. We say it every week, but we genuinely mean it. It would mean the world to us if you would tell a friend this Christmas. Maybe you'd like to print out a transcript of the podcast and wrap it up and give it to someone you like <laughs> as a gift. Uh, it Don't will stimulate discussion over the Christmas table. And honestly, what could be a better gift than Ian On Demand? Frankly, I don't know of anything that I'd rather have personally. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I think it's the the best thing ever. Anything else you want to add in? As as ever, you're getting the last word. Well, I'm 
hopefully my TV will be here by the time we record next. I'll keep you updated. <laughs>